Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show on a Wednesday, Hump Day, News Radio 1070 WKOK. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors Studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, all new pre owned inventory. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Excellent sales department and excellent customer service as well. The quick lane, all that good stuff. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Special show today in the 4 o'clock hour. Retired, legendary Penguins broadcaster Mike Lang is going to join Steve to talk about his decision now to retire after 46 years. It seemed like there were some health health concerns, and of course he was in and out of the booth, I think that was the last year or so. Came back for one game this past year, and he's officially calling retirement, hanging up the mic, and... He'll join us at 4.06 today after 46 years on the Penguins broadcast. So I'm really looking forward to that, and we'll have a little something for him for the play-by-play call of the day today. And, you know, as a Flyers fan, of course, you, you hate the Penguins, and I do hate the Penguins, but I absolutely love and respect Mike Lang. I love his calls, even though, of course, some a lot of them happened against my team. But just uh, it was it was a very unique and I just every call I've heard him do in the past I've just totally laughed my rear end off. It's just so funny. But he's obviously was tremendous at what he did. So really looking forward to having him join the show at 4:06 today. But also plenty to get into as well. Outside of that, starting off with college football and Brett McMurphy. Who I realize now is with the Action Network. He's no longer with Stadium, by the way. But he was first to report today Nebraska is under investigation for improper use of analysts. And the program allegedly also held off-campus workouts during the pandemic, which violates NCAA rules. Head coach Scott Frost is also under investigation and apparently could face suspension as well. Not considered a Tier 1 violation, but it could be a Tier 2 or Tier 3. Frost has obtained legal counsel, and according to sources to Brett McMurphy, he says the school has, quote, significant video footage 
confirming the practice violations taking place in the presence of Frost and other assistants. So the NCAA Rule of Five, understand this correctly, is you can't have these analysts and consultants actively on the field. They can be of assistance to the coaching staff, and you're supposed to have 10 members of, the, of a coaching staff, but yep. obviously that didn't happen. And just, I'll just tell you, Steve, Nebraska, they are really – I don't want to say a well, disgrace. I think that's a little too over the top, but this they, the they got some suppo- bull let me tell you. Well, this is the way it's supposed to work. The way it's supposed to work is you have 10 assistant coaches. Um, right, and, and they're supposed to – and, and this, these guys the are supposed, supposed to advise to them. Right. You can have analysts and consultants, and they can be out there in the field with you, but they can't physically do any coaching. In other words, they can't look at you and you're a defensive consultant. They can't look at you, uh, Matt Catrillo, defensive tackle, and walk up and say, Matt, you're supposed to be in, okay, in the three-gap. Okay? They can't do that. They have to sit back, take notes, observe. Only the coaches, the 10 assistant coaches, remember that's up from nine, the 10 assistant coaches and the head coach are the only ones that can, on the field, coach. Okay? The analysts and observers walk, watch and observe and take notes. What Nebraska is accused of doing what Nebraska is accused of doing is having the analysts and consultants work with the special teams. Well, you can't do that. You can have as many coaches as you want working on whatever it happens to be. If you want your defensive line coach and your linebackers coach to go over and help your offensive line coach, you can do that. And, of course, there are multiple coaches working on special teams anyway. I mean, Joe Lorg may be the special teams coordinator but when they get down to special teams time, Joe's over there, okay, Taylor's over there, Jaywan's over there, you know, there's, there's different, you know, ties over there. They're all working together, but notice they're all the assistant coaches. The analysts and the consultants cannot do that. They're only there to observe, take notes, but then when they get to the staff meeting or an individual meeting with coach, then they can go through, look, I saw this, I saw this, I saw this. They can look at film, whatever. Okay, let's go over that, right, you know, with the coaches. But they can't do any coaching on the field. And that's what they're accused of doing. Now, the other part is I believe they're accused of, during the pandemic, instead of working out on campus for strength and conditioning, to going to a separate area off campus. Okay. That's what they're accused of. And it just is squirrely. How about that? Like it, it just it's if that's what happened, that's them deliberately skirting the rules. Nebraska is a program that has a proud history. The problem that they have, and I've talked about this many times, when they were in the Big Eight, 
they could, you know, they and Oklahoma were the two power teams in the Big Eight. Once in a great line. Once in a great while, somebody else could crash the party. But it usually was Oklahoma and Nebraska. And they were close enough where they could use some of the Texas recruits, and Nebraska always did a good job in California. When the Big 12 came along and the merger happened with the four Southwest Conference teams to form the Big 12, suddenly you've got Texas A&M, Texas, uh, Baylor, and Texas Tech in the league. And now Nebraska was recruiting Texas. And that's what they were doing. When Nebraska went to the Big Ten, they really lost a lot of their Texas connection. Because, you know, I mean, you could go up to recruit and say, look, we play Texas Tech, we play Baylor, we play Texas. Now then Texas A&M, of course, was still in the league at the time. wasn't, you know, the TCU came along. But... You know, you could use that part like, oh, yeah, we're going to be in Texas all the time. We play all these games. The championship game is sometimes at Jerry World, you know. When they went to the Big Ten, they lost all that. Now they're doing a lot of recruiting in California and Florida. It's not easy when you're recruiting distance. Nebraska doesn't have a primary recruiting area close to home. Sever Toretti long time ago put a protractor up on on the board you know with the obviously with the point in state college and he drew it out hmm, what did he draw it out 300 miles all around from state college he said this is the area that you know we need to make sure that we're you know we're always controlling Well, you go 300 miles out from Lincoln, what do you have? Kansas? Eastern Colorado? Nebraska? South Dakota? Western Iowa? Where you're competing with Iowa and Iowa State? You don't have a lot. I brought up the point when Frank Solich announced his retirement from Ohio University that if you were to pinpoint a time when Nebraska football's relevance started to wane, it was in the early 2000s when the complaint about Frank Solich was that all he can do is win nine games. How does that look now? It was also the same complaint to the credit. I mean, personality-wise, may have been tough for some people to work with there. But that was the complaint about Bo Pelini. You can only get the nine wins. How does nine wins look now? Because I'm telling you right now, nine 
For Nebraska, 8 to 10 wins might be the top-out number moving forward. Like, maybe a 10-win season once in a while. Maybe. More 8-win seasons than 9-win seasons. That's just who they are. That's not who their fan base thinks they are. And by the way, they have a wonderful fan base. I mean, those, you know, it's too bad Penn State, you know, they went out there, they didn't get a chance to experience the fan base at Lincoln. Uh, But that's who they are. It goes back to the Jamie Dixon example I've cited many times. Where the fans of Pitt basketball, we can't get past the Sweet 16 with this guy. We just can't. We can only go so far. Well, they don't fire him, but everybody sees the, you know, he sees the handwriting on the wall and says, looks around and says, you know what? I'm going to my alma mater, TCU. Okay? How's the NCAA tournament look to Pitt right now, let alone the Sweet 16? They haven't been in the tournament since he left. How's it look now? You got to know who you are. You have to know who you are. I did not do a good job of giving you this example the other day, but I'll do a much better job right now. Michigan, Texas, Penn State. Right now, the, the standard seems to be not 10 wins, but 11 wins. Okay? So, who has the most 11-win seasons? Who's second and who's third, Matt, between Penn State, Michigan, and Texas? For regular... It's no, it's 11 wins in a season. Oh, won 11, you know. Yeah. Who has the most 11 win seasons between Penn State, Michigan, and Texas? Probably Penn State. Penn State. Who's second? Michigan. Who's third? Texas. Texas, yeah. All right. All right. Here's the reality. Penn State's first with 18 of them. Texas is second with 10. Michigan is last with nine, and four of them were from 1901 to 1905. Since 1968, since 1968, Penn State has 18 11 win seasons, three under James Franklin. 18 11 win seasons. Three under James Franklin. Texas has nine, and Michigan has five. Who's overrated? Who's underrated? Two of the three are overrated. One might be underrated. The one with 18. Since 1968, 18 11 win seasons here at Penn State. All 18 have been since 1968. Texas has 10 overall, 9 since 1968. Michigan has 9 overall, 5 since 1968. Wow. 
Back with more in a moment. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors on News Radio 1070 WKOK. High fly ball for Fernando to deep center field. Back goes Hilliard. It is gone. Home run for Tatis Jr., his 34th of the year. The Padres are on the board in the seventh inning. Fly ball. Hits a right field in deep. Blackman going back at the wall. He can't catch it. It's off the bottom of the wall. Ricochet gets by Hilliard. Cronenworth heading for third and maybe beyond. He's going to try. Another inside the park home run. He'll get it. His second of the year. Oh, the Crone Zones in Denver. Fam drives one to deep left field. That ball is very gone. Oh, my goodness. It's out onto the concourse. Up and over the pavilion and left. The Padres have homered three times in the seventh. Don Orsillo with the call. 486-foot home run. The was the longest homer of the year. It's very impressive. Uh, not even remotely close to the record. It's only about maybe 80 feet off the record. But, you know, in today's game where young people think everything's like, it's got to be the longest ever. No, 565 feet's the longest, yeah. Yeah. It's going to be the longest ever. I'm young. No. All right. Great. Good for you. <laughs> Time to read. All right. <laughs> There's a record book. Go look it up. Longest home run here this year was 463 feet. Do you know that? Which is the longest in the history of the ballpark. Well, that's still impressive, though. Dakota Katowski. Like, there was one hit in the last game that went 410 feet, barely cleared the wall. All right? And you know what? It counted the same as the 463-footer. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Roots 11 and 15. Hummel's Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Lincoln Kia Hyundai, great new inventory. It's going to be only one place I'm going to do my car shopping. They've got it. Kylie always loves when she hears, who has Hyundai? Sunbury Motors does. They also have great pre-owned inventory. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Roots 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Yankees, by the way, swept the Red Sox last night. Uh, so two more big wins. The Yankees are getting... I don't know if they can pass Tampa Bay, but they're going to be in a position where they're going to be at least a wild card and would get into that one-game playoff maybe against Oakland if they continue on this pace. As they continue as they continue to do a brilliant job of cobbling together lineups that still allow them to win, it really is amazing because they're not doing it with the same people every day. Uh, it really does scream to the depth of their farm system and it uh, and the fact that when Rizzo goes out, they were fortunate they got Luke Foyt back in the lineup to make up for some of that. It's really been a remarkable run. And not only that, a team that was last in the American League in stolen bases 
up to the All-Star break, is now first in the American League in stolen bases since the All-Star break. Amazing. Uh, They've done great work. Amazing what aggressiveness can do. And now the best record since the All-Star break. Yeah, they've been they've been really really good. Now the question is whether they can keep it going, uh, and that's always going to be. I mean, sometimes you can hit that spurt, you climb the mountain, climb the mountain, and then you just about get to the top, and all of a sudden, you know, it, the key is you got to get yourself over the top first. Once you do that, then I think then then you're home free. But in the climb, sometimes in the climb. You can't plateau, so that's the one thing they have to be wary of right now. They got Cole back, which really helps. Their pitching's been really good. Uh, they closed yesterday. Closing is not closing has been an issue for them since Chapman went out. They'll get Chapman back eventually. So, two more great wins. I don't know if they'll be able to play tonight or not. We had a tornado touchdown near here. Oh my! I, I saw that there was a tornado warning near you, but oh wow. Well, warning means one touchdown. Right. Uh, so, I probably 10 miles south of here. When it came through here, you know, I mean, the rain was coming straight down, straight down. Like, I'm talking about 90 degrees. Well, then all of a sudden, just for, I'm talking, Matt, for the briefest period of time, maybe three to five minutes. It came in and everything was sideways, and the second boat, and then nothing. Wow. I mean, it, yeah, it, it hasn't been raining here since. I mean, we're going to get more rain, but it's amazing. It, it, when it finally blew through, it stopped raining and hasn't rained since. We have all sorts of tornado and flash flood watches here, so that's yeah, all coming tornado- our way. We have a tornado watch until eight. Same, but we but we actually had the warning because one touchdown, I think a touchdown near near McAlevey's Fort, I believe, which is south of here. In fact, you want to know where Mark Pavlik, the men's volleyball coach, that's where he and Heather live. Oh, is down there, yeah. Uh, Jack Morris used an offensive accent. He was on the air yesterday when the Tigers played the Angels. And my old friend, Matt Shepard, I've known Matt for, jeez, I don't know, 25 years, because Matt was the play-by-play voice of Michigan basketball. And Matt's been a guest on this show several times, as a matter of fact, in his role as the Michigan play-by-play guy for basketball he got the Tigers job last year so Matt just asked him the innocent question what do you do with Shohei Otani and Morris used an accent in saying be very very careful so he has now been suspended indefinitely and he has to go through bias training and things like that along the way so uh So that is the uh, so he has been suspended indefinitely by Bally Sports in support and the Tigers have supported it. The uh, Jackie McMullen is going to retire. Brilliant, brilliant writer, 
Boston Globe, and, of course, ESPN.com. Covered the NBA with great brilliance for more than 40 years. Great career. Um... And so she retired. The NBA TV schedule comes out Friday. TNT is going to have its top weekly game predominantly on Tuesdays during the NFL season. Then when Thursday night football is over with, they will then revert to Thursdays after the new year. Um And Steve Cohen, the owner of the Mets, um, put out a tweet saying, it's hard to imagine how professional hitters can be this unproductive. The best teams have a more disciplined approach. The slugging OPS numbers don't lie. Okay. And what was it, Peralta? Was it Peralta on the mound that got the line drive up the middle? Yes, yesterday? that was Wandy Peralta. All right. I mean, this is where... You have to have luck along the way to win, right? He makes a terrible pitch, and it is absolutely drilled, and it hit him. <laughs> and he threw him out at first. <laughs> it should have brought in a couple of runs. You got to get lucky. You got to get lucky. And they did. So... He makes a lousy pitch, and the ball is just pounded, but it hit him. <laughs> Good. That's a great play. And he, and to his credit, talk about, like, it had to hurt, but he didn't care. He went and got the ball and threw him out. Made a great throw to first, by the way. He did. And the Yankees' last four games, so this doesn't include the 2 nothing win in the back part of the doubleheader. All in the final Pitching's inning. Great. Yeah, the yeah. tying run at second, go ahead at first, say by Albert Abreu. Tying run at first, say by Peralta. Tying run at first, say by Chad Green. Tying run at second, go ahead run at first, say by Loisaga. Combined combined margin of victory in f- now five wins now would be nine runs. And the Phillies lost to Arizona last night. Uh. <laughs> Oh, my almighty! Shocking. They lost 3-2 to to Arizona. I mean, as awful as the Pirates are, Arizona's worse. <laughs> that's their, that's the, been the Phillies' problem. They get on these big runs against these good teams, even though they lost 2-3 to the Dodgers. In first place, now they plummeted and kind of back to the inconsistent team. Somebody asked me yesterday, how do I feel about that the Phillies are going to win the division? I'm gonna, Right now, I say no. They're too inconsistent. Oh, I think they will because of the competition around them. I mean, it's not just what you do. It's what the other guy does. I don't I don't see anything from the Mets right now. I, you know, Braves a little bit. That's who I think will win the division is the Braves. Um, Barely. The Phillies will stay in it. Because that's what they do, but they don't have enough to get over the top. They're just too inconsistent. This is what what the Phillies have. Wheeler is a huge plus. 
he puts the brakes on losing streaks. That's a big plus for them. Um, they'll obviously get a lot of head-to-head games coming up, and that's going to be really important for them in head-to-head competition. They're going to have a lot of those coming up, as a matter of fact, which I think will help them very much. Tomorrow, Micah Shrewsbury is going to join us on the show. Looking forward to that here in the Sunbury Motors studio. One thing Penn State has um, um, Penn State has not yet released its non-conference schedule. And the reason is, just so you know, they did have they had an opening and then they had a team. Now the team that dropped dropped weeks ago, but dropped. You know, I'm not gonna get into who because it doesn't really matter who. So they actually have had a couple of spots they've been working very hard to fill. That's why Penn State hasn't released its non-conference yet. Slowly, teams have been releasing it. Texas Tech released its non-conference schedule. They did that. Um, Missouri just released its non-conference schedule. Uh, now, the conference schedules haven't been released yet. Uh, Loyola Chicago released its non-conference schedule. But, you know, uh, Penn State hasn't. And the reason they haven't is that they still had a couple spots to fill. Remember Keontae Johnson. Keontae Johnson, remember in the game December 12th against Florida State, he collapsed? And he only played four games last season? Well, he, he is one of the few recruits that Mike White's had that stayed. Guess what? He still has not been cleared for any physical activity. Wow. And remember, Penn State originally was right around the time he collapsed against Florida State. That was about the time that Penn State was supposed to play Florida last year, but then everything got canceled. You know, that those kind of that was going to be at the Barkley Center, so that got canceled. Um but he still has not been cleared for physical activity yet. That's really, uh, that's scary. That is scary that he hasn't. Hopefully it will happen soon, only just as a sign that he's he's on track. You have to follow up in these stories because they're big in the moment, and then people end up forgetting. We try to make sure that we don't forget about that stuff. Take a break. Mike Lang next half hour. Micah Shrewsbury tomorrow. Matt Catrillo today. Sure. When do the Eagles play next? Tomorrow night. Tonight? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. They got the Patriots? Yep. When they practice, have the Eagles practiced any, any like, end-of-the-game kneel downs? <laughs> no, they have not, as far as I know. It probably is a waste of time. All right, back with more in a moment. <laughs> yeah, it's probably. An easy, it's an easy, cheap joke. All right, our next easy, cheap joke will deal with the suit. I got a bunch of those. Back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK.
When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. to uh, be with you on the show. You know, we should get Dave Ritchie on the show, like the opening week of the high school football season, because, I mean, it might be the only time that week he talks. <laughs> well, actually, we'll have everybody back beginning next week for our high school football roundtable, another season. There you go. Looking forward to it. I mean, it's the one time Dave gets to talk about the game. Uh, get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. I'll never forget years ago. And I thought about the suit when this happened, too. I was doing a game on BTN with Jim Jackson. And, of course, you know Jim does such a great job on Fox now. and He's used on some NCAA tournament games. I mean, Jim, he's a great guy, too. And so we're done with the game. And you know how I interact with the analysts. You know, Jack and Dick... They'll talk, you know, they'll talk as much as anybody because we don't care who talks. And and the um, producer says, hey, can I talk to you for a second after, after the broadcast? Yeah, sure, he says. Are you always like that with the analysts? He says, because hey, we thought that was the best Jim's really sounding. He really kind of took over with some things. I said, yeah, I'm like that with everybody. I said, I, said, I just feel like there's a couple guys out there and it can't be just one. He goes, yeah, we've always paired Jim with alpha males. <laughs> and he gave me a couple examples of alpha males, right? which guys I, I know, by the way, which I'm not going to get into. That's the suit. He's an alpha male. Don't you think? S-U-I-T. That spells suit I mean, you know, I mean, you've been in the staff meetings. Oh, anybody... my almighty! Does anybody get to talk? Sometimes. I mean, I mean, I, I don't, I don't include. Gee, that's a great idea. I don't include that as talking. <laughs> no, usually we let him lead things off, and then we'll take over after that. Does he leave the room? No. So there's no production. Depends on the week. <laughs> <laughs> You're killing us. I hate the show. <laughs> so next week we have our high school roundtable. Yeah. Right. It's the opening week of the season, huh? It is. Next Friday night already. 
Shikalimi's got uh, Central Mountain, if I remember. That is correct. Lewisburg has uh, Shaboken, and Sealands Grove will be at Pottsville for a non-conference matchup to begin the season. And everybody knows how to how to uh, do all the points and everything like that. As far as so that, we know, yeah. So we know it's in the playoffs. Yeah. I, it's not like just wins and losses. Like, okay, I got like eight wins. You have one. I'm in. You're out. <laughs> For me, that stuff's way above my head. The suit tries. Zach Showers is actually pretty good with that. Well, Zach's brilliant. Yes. Then at the other end of the spectrum. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> this show's awful. <laughs> F-O-U-L-E-D, that spells Fauda. Indeed it does, yeah. <laughs> and then they'll be starting the week after next week. Bucknell oh, and Sacred September. Heart. Is that a Saturday game? Yep. So September 4th? That's correct. In beautiful New Haven? They will be in beautiful New Haven. Also one of the suit's other favorite places. Oh, believe me. <laughs> Everybody out there, okay? Hey, if you want to sit down and have a long conversation with okay, just bring blocks and blocks of cheese to go with his wine. <laughs> no good! No good! No good! <laughs> Lots and lots. This place, you ought to see where they have his broadcast for. You won't believe it. Okay, good. Just, okay. Okay. I'm, I'm here to have a good time. I mean, I'm just here to have some fun. Oh, my goodness. All right. I knew we could have fun at his expense today. Mike Lang in the next half hour, and then Micah Shrewsbury on the show tomorrow. And let's see, um, ESPN's uh, coverage of the Hall of Fame enshrinements. Really good, by the way. 907,000 viewers, up 106% from 2019. How about that? And then the NFL Network also had 338,000 viewers, up 37% from 2019. So that means between the two of them, over 1.2 million viewers for the NFL Hall of Fame enshrinement. That's really good. Wow. I'm telling you, that's where all the Olympic viewers went. They're watching the Hall of Fame. 1.2 million viewers. That's a lot. Plus, you had a lot of big names, too. Well, you had a lot of names. Let's face it, because the Centennial class was inducted as well. Right. You never, you never have a class that big. Plus, you had the signature of Peyton Manning going in. And to Peyton Manning's credit, he delivered a Hall of Fame speech. Yes, he did. And to his credit, he delivered a Hall of Fame speech. Something else. So. I mean, that's what a Hall of Fame speech sounds like. Big picture. 
Meanwhile, the Olympics were down 44% from Rio, 49% from London. The closest comparable Olympiad was Sydney in 2000. And guess what? This Olympiad was down 28% from that. Yikes. Okay. Line of the year in Major League Baseball by an announcer. Tampa Bay Rays broadcast team. The game plan is to stay close until the Orioles Oriole again. All right. Mike Lang, next half hour on News Radio 1070 WKOK.